1: Hello and welcome to 30 for 30 podcast from ESPN Films and ESPN Audio. My name is Jody Abergan. Today, the winding path to nomomania. Hideo Nomo took baseball by storm in 1995, seeming to appear out of nowhere with a crazy windup and unhittable stuff. Lately, of course, Japanese-born players have thrived in Major League Baseball. Ichiro Suzuki, Hideki Matsui, and Shohei Otani, to name just a few. But before Hideo Nomo, Japanese players were effectively banned from coming to the major leagues. This is the little known history of how that changed thanks to a strong-willed player, a rebellious agent, and an obscure, overlooked clause in an old contract. Producer Andrew Moscato brings us the story of the loophole.
2: Every guy that came up to the plate when I'm on the mound, it would get so noisy and then the whole stadium would kind of rise up and everybody
0: would get into it. Rob Dibble thought he'd encountered raucous baseball fans before. That was until he played at the Tokyo Dome.
2: They would have different noisemakers and tambourines, trumpets, and it was so incredibly
0: loud. It was November 2nd, 1990, just two weeks before Dibble, a hard-throwing reliever, had helped the Cincinnati Reds win the World Series. Now he found himself pitching in a very different kind of World Series. It was an all-star tour. So we played eight
2: games against the Japanese all-stars. And the Japanese players blew him away. I was very impressed by how big, strong, how fast these guys were, how hard most
1: of the guys threw.
0: Dibble noticed that one guy threw harder than the rest.
1: Nomo, the rookie phenom from the Kintetsu Buffaloes, here pitching to Julio Franco.
0: Hideo Nomo was a 22-year-old rookie who led the Japanese League in strikeouts and was both Rookie of the Year and Most Valuable Player. The Americans would soon learn why. I mean, you know, whether it was Lenny
2: Dykstra or Ken Griffey Jr. or Barry Bonds or any of the guys that were on the trip, they're all talking about in the dugout like, holy cow.
0: Up in the broadcast booth, they were fantasizing about Nomo coming to America.
3: Oh, we'd love to have him. I think he'd be a starter for us right now and do a terrific job. I think they'd want him up on the big club real quick. Well, I don't
4: think the Kintetsu Buffaloes want to let him go.
2: Randy Johnson was asked whether or not he thought that Hideo Nomo had the talent to pitch in the major leagues. And he said, absolutely. And I was like, listen, with his stuff, that guy can pitch in any league on the planet.
0: Except that wasn't true. Nomo might have had the talent to go to America, but he didn't have the freedom. Japanese teams had total control over a player's destiny, and for decades, no player had the nerve to challenge the system.
3: Hideo Nomo never shied away from a challenge, even as a kid. Well, he was a big guy, so he was always breaking up fights and protecting the smaller kids. Robert
0: Whiting is a historian who has lived in Japan for over 50 years and written several books on Japanese baseball.
3: I mean, when you're big, you learn people don't push you around.
5: Uh, This is Nomo
3: in a rare 1997 interview on Japanese television, remembering
0: his childhood in Osaka. I grew up in a neighborhood with many factories. After school, I would throw a baseball at the big wall of the factory. I tried to find a way to throw hard every day. To throw harder... Nomo came up with an unusual pitching delivery. He would twist his body, turning his back to hitters, and whip back
3: around to launch the ball towards the batter. He developed his corkscrew style of pitching. He played catch with his father. He just said he was trying to impress his father. See how much speed would increase with that kind of windup.
0: By the time he turned 20, Nomo was one of the country's most exciting young players. I think I pitched against Nomo like two or three
6: times. Shigatoshi Hasegawa was a starting pitcher on a rival club. Honestly, I didn't want to pitch against him. His ERA was the kind of two-point sum.
0: Competitors on the field, Nomo and Hasegawa became friends off of it. They soon
6: discovered they shared the same goal, to pitch in the major leagues. We are talking about it all the time. Someday we want to get onto the mound. That time, that was a 90, nobody thinking about it. It was just a dream. Of course, team may say, don't be ridiculous or something, you know, you're not gonna make it.
0: One reason this dream seemed so ridiculous was because Nomo, Hasagawa, and their fellow players all knew the story of masanori Murakami.
7: The Tokyo Giants pay a visit for a preseason exhibition contest.
0: Back well, in Dr. the nineteen sixties, Wall- teams in the Nippon Professional Baseball League or NPB for short, sent prospects to develop in the American minor leagues. Murakami, a promising pitcher for the Nankai Hawks, was one of them. When Murakami was called up to the San Francisco Giants in September 1964, it was a dream come true. Everyone on the team was gathered in the clubhouse, and they said, congratulations, congratulations, congratulations.
6: Congratulations.
0: As the season wound down, San Francisco did what they could to keep this Japanese
3: phenom stateside. And the Giants set a check for $10,000 to the Nankai Hawks. Murakami's team felt they had been double-crossed. And the Nankai Hawks' front office went berserk.
0: San Francisco was supposed to help the Hawks develop players, not poach them. Murakami was dubbed a greedy traitor by the press, and he eventually bowed to pressure, returning to Japan in 1966 his American dream
3: was over, relegated to a footnote in baseball history. To defy custom and tradition was a really difficult thing.
6: When Murakami returned to Japan, the decision
4: to leave America
0: continued to haunt him. He recalls hearing the song, I left my heart in San Francisco while out with a friend. A waitress at the bar was like, Are you crying? His friend offered to talk to the general manager to see if Murakami could go back to the U.S.
6: No, I've made a
4: promise. But the truth is, I want to play in America.
0: Japanese players were already on an island. But after Murakami, team owners built a wall between them and the major leagues. The free exchange of
3: cultures and players was over. The Japanese and Americans hammered out what they called a working agreement in which both sides would keep their hands off of each other's players and no Japanese went to the States again.
0: In the years after the 1990 All-Star Game against Rob Dibble and the other big leaguers, Hideo Nomo was still as dominant as ever, leading the league in wins three seasons in a row. But in 1994, Nomo's team, the Kentetsu Buffaloes, hired a new manager, Keishi Suzuki. Suzuki was a Hall of Fame pitcher, but also a
3: real hard-ass. And his philosophy was a pitcher should pitch until his arm falls off, and that the best way to cure a sore arm is to go out and throw more. So he figured if he could do it, then everybody else could.
0: Suzuki represented an old-school Japanese coaching style, that Nomo had always resisted. Coaches were very strict. They put more emphasis on attitude and choice of words than what you do in practice. Kozo Abe is a longtime Tokyo sports editor.
6: It's it's Japanese traditional way of karate and the judo. World. Teacher says do this way, and if you don't do that, teacher will get mad. That's Japanese culture.
0: Nomo's obedience to
3: Suzuki landed him on the disabled list for most of the season. Nomo said his right arm hurt so much he had to drive his car with his left hand. So that animosity towards Suzuki was the start of it all.
0: Nomo had had enough. He wanted out of Japanese baseball. The only question he had was how. Around this time, a young lawyer from California was in Tokyo on business.
7: My name is Gene Afterman. I'm the senior vice president and assistant general manager of the New York Yankees.
0: But back then, Jean was fresh out of law school, getting her first taste of Japanese baseball.
7: It was the Tokyo Dome. The place was packed. It's like watching a major league baseball game, only the atmosphere was maybe better.
0: She had been invited by one of her clients, a 36-year-old Japanese baseball agent named Don Nomura.
7: Don, you know, he's brash. He was young. He dressed in a very kind of hip fashion. He probably didn't act very quote-unquote Japanese because he wasn't afraid to speak his mind.
0: As they watched from the stands, Gene marveled at the high quality of play.
7: And I didn't understand why there weren't Japanese baseball players playing in the United States. And Don said to me, well, you know, it's interesting that you ask.
0: Don told Gene about Masanori Murakami in the 1967 working agreement, the one that prohibited professional Japanese players from coming to the United States.
7: And being a fairly newly minted lawyer, I said to him, well, that doesn't seem legal. And uh, he said, I've been looking for a long time for a player who will challenge the system.
0: Don Nomura never had much use for the system,
4: or maybe it was the other way around. When I was growing up, I felt Japanese, but people don't treat me like Japanese because I don't look Japanese. Thanks to his American father, Don was a redhead, and it was tough being a mixed race kid in Japan a lot of segregation and especially when I spoke English. So I had a lot of fights growing up with the local kids. Don's rebel nature got him expelled from high
0: school. By then, his mother had married Katsuya Nomura, a Japanese Hall of Fame catcher who encouraged his stepson to play baseball. In the late 70s, Don signed a minor league contract with the Yakult Swallows, a team based in Tokyo. You briefly described
4: for us what your playing career was like uh crappy me being half japanese half american i didn't get along with many guys like hideo nomo don chafed at japan's rigid baseball culture
0: after a short playing career he moved to southern california where he became a sports agent don learned about free agency salary arbitration collective bargaining things that were commonplace in major league baseball but barely existed in npb in japan once you're in the club, you're basically locked in forever. Don decided he would return home and go to bat for players that were being taken advantage of. And how common
3: were baseball agents or player agents?
4: No, there was none in Japan.
3: Don Nomura was the first one. Agents were unheard of, you know, because that was a sign of greed on the part of the player. That you need somebody to negotiate your contract. What you're supposed to do is take what the team offers. Japanese players were tied to a draconian contract, which
0: believe it or not, was just a translated version of a decades-old American contract. One that gave team owners almost complete control. As Don explained all this to Gene Afterman at the Tokyo Dome, he told her he was on a mission. To find a player with the guts to challenge the system.
7: Don was saying the particular player had to have a certain kind of courage, had to be able to withstand everything that would come. At the time, there was a Japanese saying that the nail that sticks up gets hammered down.
0: It was only a matter of time before Don Nomura, the renegade agent, and Hideo Nomo,
4: the frustrated pitcher, found each other. I heard through the grapevine that he wanted to go to the States. So we met in Tokyo in a coffee shop. Nomo wanted to learn all he could about Major League Baseball. He asked me questions. What's it like in the Major Leagues? What kind of practice they do? Don worried that the longer Nomo stayed in Japan, the more he risked blowing out his arm. One game I saw him pitch, 192 pitches, and the team was winning 8 to 1. And he had like 13 strikeouts and 12 walks. They were in last place. He still had to throw a complete game. Nomo didn't need much convincing. And he says, Nomura-san, I'm going to the States next year, so please find a way to get there. He's very unlike Japanese. Was he was very straightforward of what he said and what he wanted to do. He says, just find a way to get me over there.
0: Now it was up to Don to deliver. He roped in his lawyer, Gene Afterman, to help.
7: Don and I did it in our off hours. Like, we had a day job, both of us. After 5 p.m., we, we worked on bringing Hideo Nomo to, to Major League Baseball.
0: They started by reading the U.S.-Japan Working Agreement. Don was surprised to discover that the language banning Japanese players from going to MLB only applied to active players.
4: Don had a flash of insight. Nomo needed to retire. If he's retired, he can probably play overseas. Maybe this is the loophole.
7: The loophole was this big Swiss cheese hole that you drive a Mack truck through. And I I remember the two of us thinking, like, it can't be that easy.
0: (laughs) It wasn't. Don and Gene still had to figure out how Nomo could retire early. They turn next to the Japanese player's contract.
7: We're probably the only agents that read cover to cover, and let me tell you that is tough reading. <laughs> All right. All right, here it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so Article 59 was a voluntarily retired player, so if a player petitions the cancellation of his contract during the participation of the reservation, a case the player is announced as a voluntarily retired player by the president of the league, and the voluntary retired player becomes a free contract player.
4: And they said, Hideo, I think we found a way to
0: take you to the United States. Nomo would have to be placed on a so called voluntarily retired
4: list. But getting on that list wasn't as simple as the name suggested. Voluntary retired player doesn't mean that, oh, I want to retire, so you're on a voluntary retired list. They they won't let you retire until the club basically says, okay. The
0: Kentetsu Buffaloes would have to consent to the retirement of their 26 year old ace pitcher, which wasn't going to happen. Unless they were tricked into thinking it was their idea.
7: I remember uh, it would be the middle of the night and the phone would ring. I remember sitting on my bedroom floor, you know, talking with Don about what we were going to do.
4: So my whole idea is to agitate the club. Don told Nomo to demand an obscene amount of money in a guaranteed six-year contract. If Nomo wanted to be an American ballplayer, he was going to have to act like one. We were asking for six years, $30 million, $5 million a year. And that was unheard of then. In November 1994, Don and Nomo showed up at the Kentetsu Buffalo's offices in Osaka. The Maeda, the president, uh, he looks at me and he says, Mr. Nomura, what are you doing? I said, I represent Hideo Nomo. He says, well, we don't accept agents. So please leave. So Hideo goes, okay, if he has to leave, I'm leaving too. Yasuo Maeda,
0: the team president was not about to be pushed around by a player and his agent. And the president
4: just grabs his arm, says, no, you can't leave. Then Nomo said, no, I'm leaving. So I told him, why don't you stay? I'll step out of the room, talk to him, and just keep in mind what we talked about. Came out in about an hour, and he he said, I told him about the the six-year contract, and he wasn't very happy.
3: Maida almost had a heart attack. He said, are you kidding me? He says, you're just a kid. We don't give out multi-year contracts, and you can't ask that kind of money. Besides, you've got a sore arm.
0: Team executives were so flummoxed that they tabled the negotiations. In the meantime, they appealed to Katsuya Nomura, the Japanese baseball legend and Don's stepfather, to
4: intervene. So my stepfather reprimanded me. He says, you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. I said, well, this is my job, and I'm trying to do the best for my client.
7: You don't see Don sweat. Don doesn't sweat. He is cool, calm, and collected um, all the time. And that's Hideo's persona. You just don't see the emotion. He is unflappable.
0: About a month
4: later, they returned to the team offices in Osaka with the same demands. I said, I bet my last coin that they're going to get pissed off and say no. And if we keep agitating, they're going to threaten you, you know, basically retire you to team
0: executives, early retirement was a way to punish Nomo's disrespect.
4: They had no idea they were being played. I'm sitting in the lobby, and then I see him running out of the elevator. He says, Nomura-san, we did it. I said, what are you talking about? He says, he got so pissed off. The Buffalo's executives had taken the bait. This time, Don joined Nomo upstairs. I go up with them. There's like eight people, eight versus one. And they were basically ganging up, uh, up on him and threatening him. And Hidal just said, no, I, I want six years. I want six years. Then the president finally got mad and he says, if you don't sign this right now, we're going to voluntary target. And Hidal just said, okay, I'll retire. The two agitators had pulled it off. The club had a choice, either pay him $30 million or I'll lose him. And they chose to lose him. It took 30 years for a Japanese ball player to do
0: what Masanori Murakami couldn't, or wouldn't, act out of self-interest to realize his dream of playing in America.
5: Well, uh, a few
0: weeks later, Nomo officially announced that he had retired from NPB to pursue a
4: career in Major League Baseball. I mean, every front page newspaper said Hideo Nomo retired. It's like Michael Jordan retiring at his prime. I go, wait a minute.
0: Is, am I dreaming? Shigatoshi Hasegawa was Nomo's friend and fellow pitcher,
6: who also wanted to play in America. He didn't tell me about it, you know. I got a little mad, and I didn't even realize Nomo was walking with Dan Nomura. I didn't know at all. And, you know, he didn't tell me Dan Nomura found a loophole.
0: Was there anybody in the newsroom who thought that he was doing a good thing?
6: Nope, no one thought in that way. This is a dangerous gamble. Baseball society was shocked.
0: Kozo Abe, the Tokyo sports editor, says many people blamed
6: Don Nomura. The Asian was thought to be the very greedy people.
7: They referred to Don in Nippon professional baseball as the black ship. Um, the reference being you know, the ship that sailed into Tokyo Bay and brought evil Western ways to Japan.
4: I got a lot of death threats, phone calls. So you're tearing up professional baseball in Japan. Sometimes I'm surprised
3: he's still alive.
4: I lost a lot of friends. Same with Hidal. He says, Yeah, when when I was going through the process, there's only a handful of guys would contact me. The rest of them would just disappear. Negotiating in bad faith
0: so Nomo could bolt for America was considered dishonorable, traitorous even. Don and Nomo were used to feeling like outsiders in a country that valued conformity. But now, they were truly
4: on the outs. I mean, everybody just picked on him. He'll never make it to the big leagues. Nobody would sign him. He's stabbing the Japanese community in the back. We had media guys hiding in the shrubs. I once asked Hideo, are you sure? Are you okay? He was always tough. He always says, this is the way it's going to be. And I'm going to the big leagues next year. Just one problem.
1: Day one and counting of the baseball strike of 94. The
2: national pastime is past tense.
0: In August 1994, MLB ground to a halt as players fought with team owners over revenue sharing and a proposed salary cap.
2: You know, for them to go on strike like this, it shows me that they have no consideration for any of the fans out here.
0: The dispute continued throughout the winter, threatening the start of the 95 season.
7: Everybody hated him, greedy owners, greedy players. I think the players actually bore the brunt of it more.
0: But one of Nomo's strengths was tuning out distractions, and his focus was set on finding a new team. By February 1995, Don and Nomo were sitting in the office of LA Dodgers
4: owner, Peter O'Malley. And we learned that he was on a tour. I think his next stop was Atlanta, or maybe New York. And I said to myself, I really don't want him to go to see Steinbrenner or Ted Turner. O'Malley frequently
0: visited Japan and had a deep appreciation
4: of the culture. What really got Hideo was Peter O'Malley himself. He says, I like Peter, I wanna play for the Dodgers. That was the green light. On February
0: 13, 1995, O'Malley stood at a podium at a hotel ballroom in LA's little Tokyo neighborhood.
1: Many years Hideo Nomo has dreamed about pitching in the major leagues. I admire his courage, his commitment, his dedication, and we're excited that he has selected the Dodgers to play baseball in the United States. Today, it is my great pleasure to warmly welcome Mr. Nomo. Hideo, would you please come up here?
0: Wearing a Dodgers jersey over his shirt and tie, Nomo spoke to the press while Don served as an interpreter.
6: Prior record is...
4: Things of the past, I'm here to start from zero, and I'm going to give every challenge I can. Finally
0: in April, Commissioner Bud Selig announced an end to the longest work stoppage in Major League Baseball
3: history. The players are back. The game is back. And we are very happy about that.
0: But after a canceled World Series and squabbling over millions, would the fans come back? That was the question on the minds of everyone in baseball, except Hideo Nomo. His concern was preparing for the most important season of his career, all while finding his place on a Dodgers roster full of international pitching talent.
5: We had a Mexican, a Dominican, an American, a Korean, and a Japanese. Dodgers pitching coach Dave Wallace remembers a team meeting in spring training. So one day I come out and I say, good morning, buenos dias, ojaguzamos, and onyongaseo. I say, hey, guys, that's good morning in four languages. How am I doing? (laughs) But it was was baseball. And the Dodgers had the reputation of bringing cultures together.
0: I had a hard time when I needed to have a conversation, attend a press conference, or do interviews. My English level was zero. Nomo told a reporter he didn't come to America to speak English, but to play baseball. (laughs) On May 2nd, 1995, he finally got his chance.
2: And history in the making in San Francisco tomorrow for the first time since 1965 when Masanori Murakami made his decision to leave the Giants and return home to pitch for the Nankai Hawks. A Japanese-born player will appear in a Major League Baseball game.
7: So we're sitting in the third base side and it was one of those beautiful, clear San Francisco days.
0: Gene Afterman, who had invested untold hours helping Nomo get to the States, wasn't entirely sure how Nomo would fare in his debut.
7: I remember just being very nervous. Now, I was born and raised in San Francisco and I brought my whole family who are rabid Giants fans. Uh, I think I was sitting next to my mother and I stood and I gave him a standing ovation. And my mother grabbing my sleeve and saying, sit down, you're embarrassing us.
0: Gene may have been excited, but Japanese fans were full of conflicting emotions.
5: And
2: there is just a ton of photographers right behind home plate.
0: Despite their bitterness, they couldn't help but pay attention to this moment. They had to see Nomo's fate for themselves.
1: I heard from the Giants that they accredited
0: 200 Japanese just for that game, 200. That afternoon, Margaret Narumi was outside the stadium working in a TV truck for Japanese broadcaster NHK. I said, don't miss a single moment. Let's keep the cameras on him because this is history in the making.
6: Honestly,
0: Growing up here, I kind of developed this part of my brain thinking American players are just better. Jeff Enno was a young Japanese-American who worked as an interpreter for the media. To him, Nomo's arrival brought both a sense of pride and a sense of dread. So I really had zero expectations. I was kind of like, I hope he doesn't make a fool out of himself. Others in the Japanese media, like sports editor Kozo Abe, were poised to cover what they thought would be Hideo Nomo's downfall.
6: It's a first time that the Japanese players challenged MLB after Murakami. So I thought he will fail.
2: And we're being told that
5: it's on at 4:30 in the morning in Japan. All of the Dodger teammates of Hideo Nomo up on the top step, taking a look at this historical moment.
4: Nomo went into his twisting windup and unleashed a fastball. When he made that first pitch and you know, when the umpire called the first strike, my blood froze basically.
2: Strike three call.
4: Nomo struck out the first
0: batter looking, but then pitched himself into trouble.
2: Ball four. Bases are loaded for Royce Clayton.
5: So I'm standing in the dugout. I said, I got to go out and make a visit here.
2: And that'll bring out the Dodger pitching coach, Dave
5: Wallace. I don't know what to say because I didn't have my little cheese sheet. You know, to ask him anything in, in Japanese. So, true story. I go jogging out to the mound, a candlestick. Here comes Mike Piazza out, who was catching Dodgers catcher Mike Piazza.
0: Dave and I looked at each other because his interpreter wasn't there. Well, what? what
5: how do, I, what do we do? I swear to God, I don't know why it happened, but the only other language I knew was Spanish. So, my first reaction is, "Nomo, Nomo, cómo está?" <laughs> and to Nomo's credit, he went, good. <laughs> and he laughed.
3: It was, it was
0: kind of a where the baseball language transcended any any language that we speak as humans. He was the type of guy that he didn't allow those difficulties really to affect him.
5: I said to Mike and, and him, I said, look, he's having trouble throwing the ball over the plate. They're going to be sitting first pitch fastball here. Let's throw him a split finger first pitch. And he did.
2: And he comes back with a
5: strike. A big pitch for Nomo in that situation.
0: Despite loading the bases, Nomo got out of
4: the inning.
2: (laughs) Swing and a miss. He struck him out.
4: There was nothing jittery about Hideo. There was, I got this.
0: Dodgers general manager Fred Clare. And you say, wow, this, this guy's got the chance to be something here. Nomo would pitch well over his first five starts, but failed to record a decision in any of them.
5: I remember kidding about that. Hey, man, when are you going to win a game? You know, or lose one or do something, you know, get a decision. One-two catch. Hard-hit ball to the right side. DeShield makes a play. Gets him at first. Fine play by Delano DeShield.
4: A
0: month after his Major League debut, Adeo Nomo finally recorded his first win on June 2nd when the Dodgers beat the New York Mets 2-1.
5: Gets his first victory here in the United States in Major League Baseball.
4: When he got his first win, I think the whole thing just changed. Then it became more of a fairy tale.
2: Here's the pitch. He strikes him out. Whoa. Nomo with 11 strikeouts. Tadeo
0: wins his second of the year. Man, this guy's got some pretty good stuff.
4: The way Nomo's been going lately, he is mighty tough.
5: Nomo has now retired 13 consecutive jobs.
4: I can recall it when he would
1: pitch the individual cameras lighting up the stadium.
2: All eyes and all cameras are focused on a Deo Nomo. About once a decade, a pitching phenom makes his mark on Major League Baseball. Now in the 90s, it's Nomo, whose wind-up delivery and the finished product is turning heads on both sides of the Pacific.
0: In the month of June, Nomo won six games in a row. During that stretch, he led the National League in strikeouts and broke Dodger pitching records previously held by Sandy Koufax. The same corkscrew motion that Nomo developed to impress his father was now slaying the best hitters in the world.
4: The press used the word tornado, the way he twisted and turned.
0: Damn, that's funky, isn't it? He just basically turned his back to home plate. After he puts the ball behind his
3: back, you really don't see it again until it's halfway on you.
7: Almost like a slow snake coiling, and then <laughs> the ball was already at the plate.
3: Well, my hitters were coming back
4: saying that they couldn't find the ball.
0: Hitting looked real easy when you're watching them on videotape, and you get in the box.
4: And all of a sudden, it was there. You realize why well, guys were looking pretty bad. And Nomo threw it right by him. The Tornado.
3: Tornado. 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 The Tornado. That was the first thing I noticed about
4: him. Growing up in that time, and I think every little leaguer probably like did the Nomo,
0: you know? I remember going to games. I would hear people say that song, that Nomo, Mr. Nice Guy.
5: They are roaring here at Dodger Stadium.
0: As Nomo Mania took off, Jeff Enna noticed the Japanese media suddenly changed their tune. Initially, they were all making all these excuses. They would say stuff like, the ball size and the seam size is a little different, so that's why his fork is actually stronger here. And then after a while, they're like, we
6: ran out of shit to say, so we're just going to give him his
0: credit. Kozo Abe, the Tokyo newspaper editor, and many others had to eat their words.
6: Oh, I'm sorry we were mistaken. Once he starts winning, okay, his intention was uh, correct, it w- was good, and all of a sudden he's... Uh, national hero
3: what surprised me was how quickly it turned around it was just like an instant entire mood of the nation just changed they talked about the idea how japan has been validated as a country
0: on the other side of the world hideo nomo was must-see tv
5: well they're loving it in japan that's
3: nine strikeouts
0: baseball historian and longtime tokyo resident robert whiting remembers watching Nomo on giant outdoor screens
3: at all these hubs around the city people just stop look at that my god that's a japanese pitcher on the mound in the major leagues with the dodgers uniform on and he's striking out Barry Bonds my god can you believe it Finally this evening why los angeles
5: dodgers fans have been overheard hollering sunshine it's the Japanese word for strikeout. And the man they've been shouting at is currently leading the National League in sunshine, and was named today as the National League's starting pitcher for tomorrow night's All-Star Game. Here's a Japanese import nobody is arguing about.
0: Five years after impressing Randy Johnson in the U.S.-Japan All-Star Tour, Nomo is now facing him in the MLB All-Star Game.
4: I got a call from the foreign ministry and says, our prime minister wants to congratulate Mr. Hideo, would he be available on the phone? So I, I talked to Hideo and he says, no, I don't want to talk to him. And I, I called the foreign minister back and I said, he does not want to talk to the prime minister. He says, why? He, says, he just don't want to. Because when he left Japan, you know, they, they talked so much negative and now they're, you know, kissing his ass.
0: Nomo was still sore about how he had been treated back home, as he told ESPN's Roy Firestone at the time. American baseball is one word.
5: Fun. Japanese baseball, one word. It's hard to say. It's difficult to express.
4: Will you ever go back to
5: Japan to play again?
6: I think that's the wrong question
5: for me because I have tried to come to America for a long time to play baseball. And now I am playing. So why think about going back to Japan right now?
7: Hideo Nomo, the savior of baseball
1: this year? Well, he is. He's absolutely the story this far. This guy has brought a, a huge part of the American audience into baseball.
7: My view is that Hideo Nomo saved baseball in the United States. Fans were disinterested, disenchanted, and really, frankly, pissed off at players. And here comes Hideo Nomo, you know, with that tornado wind-up, and everything was great about him.
0: Back in May, only 16,000 people showed up to Candlestick for Nomo's debut. But when he and the Dodgers returned on August 5th, the stadium was packed with over 43,000 fans.
2: Here we go with flashbulbs popping all over the stadium. Super Bowl type of atmosphere.
0: It was a magical night for many reasons. The year before, the Giants had intended to honor Masanori Murakami, the accidental pioneer of Japanese baseball. On the 30th anniversary of his major league debut but the celebration had been postponed due to the strike in a strange twist of fate the makeup date had been rescheduled for this night August 5th 1995
2: and of all things the Dodgers wind up with Hideo Nomo on the roster and pitching tonight Murakami was honored here before the game and it's, it's irony of ironies Murakami pitched with the Giants 30 years ago Went back to Japan and, you know, you wonder
0: about But what the broadcasters failed to mention was why Murakami went back. He left MLB not because he lacked talent, but out of a deep sense of cultural obedience. Amid the elation of Nomomania, few realized what had
3: transpired for a Japanese player to make it back to the majors all those years later. People really admire people who stand up and defy the system. Not in Japan, that's not admired at all. And so Americans don't really understand how difficult it was for them to do it. Just like the hate of the entire nation was coming down upon these people. And it really took a lot of guts, courage, heart to withstand all that.
5: Right there, full strike three.
0: Hideo Nomo would go on to lead the league in strikeouts, win the NL Rookie of the Year award, and help the Dodgers win the division.
2: I mean, in a year when baseball needs all the help it can conceivably get, they should thank their lucky stars for Hideo Nomo.
0: Nomo ultimately tossed two no-hitters in a successful 13-year career. But his real legacy can be seen in
6: all that came after. After Nomo, wait a minute, they start thinking, maybe I can go to the United States too.
0: Shigetoshi Hasegawa, Nomo's friendly rival, fulfilled his dreams of pitching in the major leagues too, and went on to be an all-star for the Seattle Mariners. So that's because of Nomo. With more players utilizing the loophole, Japanese baseball owners finally agreed to give their players more freedom. In 2000, a transfer market was established for MLB clubs to bid for the rights to professional Japanese players.
7: You know, you need to make change in a system that's unjust or unfair.
0: Players no longer endure the intense criticism Nomo faced all those years ago. Today, fans expect their team's best players to someday represent Japan and prove themselves in Major League Baseball. Hideo Nomo, he's a guy, really, that is a pioneer. Nomo's former teammate, Mike Piazza. He was the right guy at the right time to deal with the pressures
4: and expectations. But Nomo couldn't have done it without Don Nomura. He trusted me and we came through, and I don't want to say this, but maybe the doors were closed if he didn't succeed. And his success really paved, paved the way for other Japanese players.
2: And Ichiro given a standing ovation. And here's Dice Game at Suzaka. Strikeout number eight for Rabu.
5: A grand slam for Hideki Matsui. Strike three called. Heck of a way to finish the night off for you, Darvish. Tanaka sneaks a 95 mile an hour fastball. Yeah! Big fly, Otani san!
1: Thanks for listening to 30 for 30 podcasts. My name is Jody Avergan. ESPN Films senior producer, Aaron Leiden, and I are series editors. This story was reported and produced by Andrew Moscato. The senior producer and sound designer for this episode was Derek John. Additional editing and producing by 30 for 30's Ryan Nantel, our very own Mitra Kaboli provided engineering support. Vin Dianton served as associate producer, Taylor Barfield and Sean Mercer as production assistants. Later this week, we'll be sharing a bonus conversation between me and producer Andrew Moscato and, this is fun, former Major League Baseball and NPB manager Bobby Valentine, Bobby V, who helped produce this episode. He'll be here as well, so keep your ears out for that. Our 30 for 30 podcast team also includes Keith Romer, Julia Lowry-Henderson, and Andrew Mambo. We had voiceover work from Fred Katayama and Adam Morawaki. Production support from Shun Nakasone and Kate McAuliffe. Fact-checking was provided by Roger Jackson, and archival research from Jason Helig and Jennifer Thorpe. Executive producers for this episode were Bobby Valentine, Doug Lorenz, and Robbie Singh. Connor Shaw, Rob King, and Libby Geist are executive producers for ESPN Films. Our development team is Adam Newhouse and Jenna Anthony. The ESPN Films team includes Deirdre Fenton, Kat Sankey, Louise Argianis, Maria Delgado, Tom Picard, Paul Williard, Eve Wolfe, and Alex Bowen. The ESPN Audio team includes Trod Keller, Tom Ricks, Megan Judge, Pete Giannisini, Ryan Grana, Devin McGowan, and Elizabeth Fearman. ESPN Studio support from Ryan Hurley, Ray Denehan, RJ Santillo, and Rodney Belazer. Special thanks to Steve Brenner, A.C. Karogi, Tommy Lasorda, Michael Lurch, Hidekazu Matsuyama, Masayuki Okamura, Koji Takaishi, Tony Chow, Mitchell Clements, Linda tran and Laura Hernandez. Our theme music was composed by Rishikesh Hirway, host of the Song Exploder podcast. On our website, there's a transcript of this and all of our episodes and lots more, so go check it out, 30for30podcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to 30 for 30 in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. We'll be back soon with more 30 for Thirty.